Welcome to Hashtag Resilience. I'm Watson Jordan, your host. I lead the Resilience Initiative, where we research and promote resilience from around the globe and back to you, our listeners. Our big idea? We can develop resilience. Our promise? We'll show you how with inspirational stories and straightforward ideas. Learn more about us and my book, Mine, Ours, and Yours, A Father's Journey Through the Life and Death of a Child at www.hashtagresilience.com. That's all one word. Welcome to Episode 5. Today, we're visiting India. And my friend Sandhya, uh, please be on the lookout for her remarkable explanation of the yogic greeting Namaste and a really beautiful description of community in a crowded chawl. We might think of it as a apartment building, but just fantastic. Uh, I hope you enjoy this as much as I enjoyed making it. And now on with the show. Welcome to Hashtag Resilience. This is your host, Watson Jordan, and today we're joined by my friend Sandhya Krishnan from Mumbai, India. A quick shout out. A quick shout out to Kinzai Fitness. No gymnasium required. Perfect for the pandemic. Um, I want to introduce Sandhya. Uh, She is a coach, a trainer, and a speaker. The essence of her work is to facilitate authentic self-growth by helping you really reimagine your life, identify the core challenges and beliefs that hold you back so you can overcome them with confidence and become the best version of the person who is uniquely you. I just love that. And I do have a funny story about uh, Sonia. Uh, years ago, I was uh, falling in love with hot yoga. And at some point I was going, oh, I love my hot yoga. I love my hot yoga. And in, <laughs> in perfect um, comedic timing, she goes, you know, in India, we call it yoga. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was just so we're hoping for that type of insight uh, today. So thank you in advance um, for your observations and insight. And I'm looking forward to our listeners getting to know you a little bit and benefiting from the experiences uh, you've had in India working with an epidemic or a pandemic. So here we go. Namaste, uh, Watson. Thank you namaste. for having me on this. Uh, namaste is also a very safe way to greet people because you're not shaking <laughs> hands, as you now know, also from India. <laughs> yeah. So the first two questions are kind of braided together a bit. You know, what's helped make this type of time enjoyable? is kind of our first question. So, huh, something happens, you kind of go, there are real benefits here. Um, So let's start there. What uh, this type of time? Um, Well, I'll start by qualifying that I work mostly from home. So for me personally, this has actually become somewhat of a busier time. But uh, 
this is the first time that um, um, you know we in India are all about family and community. So so it it was lovely for me living in a nuclear family as I do to have my husband, my kids, and pets all under the same roof at the same time. Uh, I have two teenage boys, so uh, as as any as any parent of teenagers will know, it's hard to get them together and and present <laughs> at the same time. But but I think for a lot of us, we live in cities. Mumbai is a city that people people travel to for work. Uh, a lot of us here are from other parts of India. I'm from the south of India. My husband's from another state. Um, so for us, for us, family sometimes is very far away, and that's that's important for us. But I think this time is reminding us of that um, for us in our nuclear families, but also for us to reconnect. Uh, perhaps via Zoom or FaceTime with our families back home. So that's definitely been the biggest upside to these. Uh, we're on 21 days of lockdown here in India, all 1.3 billion of us. So a lot of FaceTime with family. So you mentioned 21 days. I've thought recently about, um, I call it the uh, first date syndrome. So we're in the States we, we've been given this eight week period of time to think about. So mm-hmm. back when I was dating, I could be really charming on the first date, <laughs> but somewhere along the line, the charm ran out and it quit being so fantastic. So I was particularly keen. If you've noticed anything about the third week, we start to see different pieces, whether they're benefits or challenges or, uh, but I think the arc of time of this is an interesting variable to look at and to kind of, uh, not to forecast doom, but to be, if you see a storm coming, you can prepare and -hmm. that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Um, well, we're still on week one, so there have been some predictions of how, how it's going to progress. But, but for this, if it's all right, I'll zoom out a little bit uh, and, and, and sort of shine the light on, on things I'm seeing in my own city for starters. Of course, I mean, India is in, in many ways, many different countries put in one, right? Because rural India, each state in India is so unique, so different culturally and in terms of values. We have so many religions, so many geographies. Um, it's really hard to, to um, uh, generalize about the, about the country. But in Mumbai, for example, we have very real problems of, of what these 20 to 21 days are going to look like, which is that so much of our city, our, our middle class is less than 3% of the population. Um, the rest, the rest of India is is lower middle class, and 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 you know, in some way or the other, on sub, some on subsistence, um, on a subsistence economy. So um, I mentioned this earlier, but we have uh, my my housekeeper has friends living not two hundred meters away from our, I will say, upscale apartment block, uh, compared to the rest of India by Indian standards. And these are 24 tuk-tuk drivers and they live 24 people to a room that's eight feet by eight feet. That's, I mean, you can literally lie down side by side, eight human beings. That's, that's about one foot in width, if that, you know, if, uh, provided you're not, you're not overweight. And, and these people take turns of sleeping for eight hours uh, at a time. And then they step out of the room for 16 hours. The next eight come sleep and the next eight come sleep, cook, 
clean, wash and everything in those eight hours. So I, I mean, the, the, the scale of what, what these 21 days is going to look like. And now they've stopped trains. Uh, they've stopped domestic travel of a completely. So it's a complete lockdown. It's not like they're allowing a few to, to few buses to fly or, or a few, few trains to, to run. Um, you know, we live in so much relative luxury. Uh, it's, it's my brothers who are in conditions like these that I really, really worry for. And, and, you know, when you're in this much proximity, it, it becomes like a, it becomes like a pressure cooker situation. Mm. Um, I, I worry that, exactly. that, that, yeah, on the one hand, I worry that, that this could lead to sort of disruptions and explosions, but on the other, India has incredible resilience, uh, something that you will relate to, I'm sure. And I think also our culture, you know, this whole culture of karma, uh, which is often misunderstood as, as fatalism, which is that, oh God, you know, we are helpless victims of our fates. It, it isn't that actually. Karma is a very popular, I mean, it's, it's a very powerful idea, which actually says that, you know, everything that we are up to this moment is because of events that have happened in our past. And we don't know how far in the past that goes. Uh, in 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 our in our in philo- in philosophy that could go back several lifetimes even so it's it's pointless or futile trying to look at what we did that may be right or wrong in the past in that sense but we are where we are today and in that sense we need to accept our present our, our presence our present as a fruit of the past but that everything that we do from this moment on lies in our hands and can also mitigate the effects of our past actions. So the call out really, and I'm so happy that there are some religious and philosophical leaders in India that are, and and of course our prime minister calling to people, you know, using these notions that are, that are 3000 years old or more to say, look, this has happened to us. Let us now take this in our hands and let us see how we can make conscious action so that we can, um, we, we can create the best future possible for ourselves. And it's sort of on this tone that, 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 that he, he, he pleaded with us. He pleaded with us with folded hands to say, look, I'm, mm. this is my entreaty I'm, uh, to you to, to follow this and, and make this uh, safe for all of us. So I have, I'm quite hopeful, actually. That's a powerful picture of, uh, you know, karma being the, the harvest of our past actions, um, but also knowing that, whatever our actions are today have uh, influence over our tomorrows. That's really great. Anything that's been a bit of a surprise in terms of uh, a challenge? So, uh, so <laughs> I don't know if I should say I'm surprised by this, but uh so one of the other beautiful aspects of India, and I think this is something that's pretty universally recognized, is is our sense of kinship, right? So so people people see a oneness in in one another. But again, what's what's surprising is that you'll see this a lot more amongst people who don't have a lot. So mm-hmm. so um, in a city like Mumbai, you have uh, shanties, which are small houses. Uh, they're, they're probably illegal or they have been legalized. Um, or you also have like these, um, these, these sort of old building systems where there's one common balcony or, or there are homes that whose, whose kitchens face each other. And these are like single, just one room, tiny kitchen. Um, 
they're, they're very, very lower middle class homes. But, but these are extremely happy places by and large because there's such a strong sense of community. Again, they might be all migrant, migrant population living in these, but just that setup of having just one common courtyard and having like kitchens that literally open into each other where you're cooking and you can see your neighbor cooking in her kitchen, it, it, it creates such a sense of camaraderie there. There's so much sharing. I know, again, of people, you know, people that work as house help in India, we have a lot of house help. We're so blessed. And yes, <laughs> the upper middle class is cribbing about maids not showing up and how they have to do the cooking for the first time. But amongst these people themselves, whatever few resources are, are being had, we're not hearing any stories of hoarding amongst them. The kind of stories <clears throat> of hoarding that are coming out are amongst the upper middle class, amongst the bourgeoisie, if you, if you please. Imagine that. Classic. So, so <laughs> you know, and you mentioned... The, uh, the community in the, mm-hmm. uh, in the example you gave. And that's one of the, the core pieces of what we talk about at the Resilience Initiative is belonging to, we, we say three communities, there's nothing magic about three, but mm-hmm. um, zero is not enough. Um, it, because it really, that interaction, that giving to a community and harvesting from a community is such a powerful driver for a a rich and full life. And it has much less to do with uh, wealth than Mm -hmm. you might think that the, I love the picture of an open courtyard with all of the, uh, the kitchens right there because the cooking and eating is such a social, uh, a big fabric that uh, weaves us together. So that is really great. Um, I'm curious because in the States, we're at this odd place. I believe that more and more people will be wearing masks. So what is in India or in Mm -hmm. Mumbai, what is the about masks? Is there much mask wearing? Is there it's an Uh. interesting dynamic of. when everyone is or only one person is? Well, for starters, because our lockdown is so complete, we actually have police patrolling the streets, uh, you know, uh, chasing away people that are out just to exercise or, or for a joyride. Uh, markets and our, and our bazaars, as we call them, our vegetable markets, our traditional markets tend to be very crowded. Uh, they've had to go in and, 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 you know, labor is cheap in India. So, so like one small vegetable stall will have, will have three or four people. And, and by that, I mean like a, like a two meter by two meter stall uh, will have like three or four people uh, uh, vending it and, and customers will crowd it like 20 to a stall. So, so to have to remove two vendors and say, okay, just two vendors in this two meter stall. So you're keeping a meter apart from yourselves and customers la- queue up in India. We are typically not used to queuing up for anything, <laughs> <laughs> but we're learning, we're learning. <laughs> And, you know, surprisingly, people are following. They've had some instances where, uh, you know, the police have had to, uh, what we call lati charge. They have like these bamboo sticks and they have have had to um, swivel them around. But by and large, people have been following these rules. I think we understand that. Um, From what we've understood, and this I'll speak for India as a whole, the medical community has come out very strongly saying that, look, masks are not going to help 
or protect people who are healthy. They are, they are needed for healthcare workers and they are needed for people who are experiencing symptoms of the flu of any kind to prevent, uh, to prevent transmission through droplets. Hmm. And there have been huge call-outs and requests in media of all form to not hoard masks, to not buy masks and, and use them and to save them for the caregivers and to save them for people who show symptoms of some kind. Um, again, India being India, we, we also do a lot of things with fabric. So there have been some very enterprising people that have been sewing masks uh, uh, with, with cloth, with lovely cotton cloth, which we can wear just to protect ourselves if, if that's of any value. Although the, the, the um, doctors have said time and again that it's not actually going to protect us from, from droplet contact very much if we're healthy otherwise. But um, I do see a lot of people wearing these cloth masks and going out. But uh, more and more, the entreaties, I think, are being heeded and people are not buying these masks. Um, our healthcare is stretched as it is, even before Corona, COVID-19, COVID novel COVID-19 hit us. So, so you know, uh, the prime minister's entreaty also, I think, has 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 sort of resonated with us and we and we I don't see people uh wearing masks a lot but that said the authorities are distributing them to like the vendors in the shop because also you know it's it is flu season in India as well although large parts of India are turning quite warm so there's hope for us but these but it's the proximity right it's proximity right. it's it's also we are the we are the, the tuberculosis capital of the world. So we have, you know, there are a lot of people with other contagious diseases, which are also, which also immunocompromise com them. So authorities are giving them out, I think in places that are very crowded, but uh, the average citizen is definitely being encouraged to not uh, buy and use up masks that so are the, needed otherwise. So masks there are mm -hmm. for healthcare workers or people in high contact with lots of people and for people who are ill to protect others from themselves. Um, huh. It's in talking to different people. There are all sorts of different uh, tactics and strategies with masks. Um, and I guess part of it is what's your population and um, what can you, what can you do with the masks that you have? Um, <laughs> So that's absolutely. But also, but also Watson, sorry to interrupt you there. It's also what the World Health Organization has been saying so far that and, and my mother is a microbiologist with a government hospital in Singapore. And Singapore has got extremely high standards uh, uh, of, of, you know, in, in terms of infectious yep. diseases and tropical diseases, as you're aware. Um, there's right now, right now, everybody is, is broadly following the World Health Organization guidelines on this. And there's nothing to suggest that it's airborne. And, and, and the, right. the, the, the bottom line with droplet contact is that, you know, you're not going to wear the mask 24-7. So, and particularly in a country as warm as India, you might even just move your mask off your mouth just for a minute to wipe your sweat <laughs> and just touching your finger to, you know, to yeah. your nose and your upper lip. That's already, that's already transmitting. So therefore, the fallacy of a mask, and particularly in a, in a warm country like India, but also in, in as, as you rightly said, as populous a country as India, there simply won't be enough to go around. That is a great insight and perspective. That is really helpful. Um, so uh, getting back again, um, surprising benefits, surprising difficulties. Uh, we've talked about that a little bit. It's always kind of fun to 
that for me is a great question because so often we kind of go, okay, now I'm ready. Mm-hmm. And then it actually happens. And I find that there are all sorts of positive things that come out that I don't see coming. Mm-hmm. And occasion there are real challenges uh, that I don't see coming either, but seldom is it that what I think is going to happen is what I actually experience. So I just wanted to double back there and kind of see if anything else had uh, come to mind. Uh, well, I'm a, I'm, I'm a fan of uh, the author Nicholas Nassim Taleb, who talks about, you know, um, black swan events, who talks about randomness, um, about being indestructible, uh, about being fooled by randomness even. <laughs> so um, what, what I find quite heartwarming is for us as Indians, uh, we're not devastated by a black swan event like novel COVID-19. We, as a people, we are entrepreneurs. We live in a fair amount of chaos and uncertainty. You know, uh, our country is so dependent on the monsoon, uh, which is a a, a rain-bearing wind that that hits us for three months and it impacts our our agriculture and therefore our economy and has, you know, multiple trickle-down effects on the entire country itself. And the monsoon is turning out to be random at best. And yet we sort of roll with the blows. So for me to see how resilient we are as as a nation um, has been the most heartwarming. You know, Uh, you don't see people going out to buy guns to protect themselves. You don't see you don't see a lot of people hoarding things. There are a few in pockets, like I said, but by and large and, and by and large, this lockdown has been peaceful. Mm. I also feel um, and effective in most parts of the country. Um, the slightly disturbing aspects to me are is that India is also a land of superstition and we also have like sort of ghettoized religion, uh, some, some pretty hardliners. And, and what, was, what was a little worrisome to me is that, is that this is a time that, like, for example, when we had our nationwide 14-hour curfew, uh, the prime minister asked us to come out at 5 p.m. and clap our hands to, so, to show sh- support for the, uh, the caregivers and all the people that were fighting and out on the streets, uh, keeping us safe. A lot of people chose to see sort of mystical and superstitious aspects to this, and, uh, and which would have been fine if they were doing it in their own homes, you know, doing a puja instead of clapping hands and stuff like that. And of course, there were a lot of these theories about how it connected with the sun and the moon and several planets and all of that still would have been relatively harmless in itself if it's just us weaving stories. But what was worrisome was that, you know, there were these hardline religious leaders who were saying, uh, uh, no, please come out, congregate, stand in this large group of like 100 people, 300 people, and we're going to pray together to dispel the virus. And the vibration of our joint clapping is going to kill the virus. And, you know, you had educated people going out on social media saying that, oh, these vibrations are going to kill the virus. So let's all come out and do this together. Now, that is that is harmful. You know, at a time when you want people to practice social distancing because of superstition, 300 people are going to congregate. It just defies common sense. It defies logic. And that's the worry. There are certain communities in India that that um, believe very strongly that they need to go into the house of prayer to pray to pray and that praying in their homes, even at a time like this, will not get them to their version of heaven and their uh, and their religious leaders are calling them out and, and saying listen you better come out and pray or else you know, Again, you know as you're yeah. as you're talking it, mm-hmm. it occurs to me 
because I'm familiar with that dynamic. Mm-hmm. And as it goes on, we talked about an arc of time. I think as we go deeper into this, the chance for uh, people want to hear an easy answer. And as they get desperate, their desire or thirst for that easier answer, we'll do this and everything will go away. We'll gather together and we'll have a harmonic convergence and that will save us from this virus we can't see. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that I'm, it's easy to believe that that type of uh, leadership could gain a little bit of footing as people get frustrated and desperate and tired. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm again. I'm hopeful that 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 you know our, our country's leaders and not just political, but but also you know leaders of various other industries will 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 make strong statements about this. I'm I'm happy that uh, you must know that our Bollywood is big in India, right? Our our movie industry. Right. Uh, <laughs> so so um, uh, the politicians or you know somebody in administration has been has been requesting Bollywood stars to come out and make uh, give these strong social messages telling people not to believe in, in black in black magic and superstition, but instead to follow the guidelines of doctors, to follow the guidelines of uh, the World Health Organization, making this information easily accessible to people, explaining it in a way that 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 you know the average person uneducated person in a village can understand. All of this is critical and and you're absolutely right. This needs to keep momentum over the next 21 days. The only good news is that we have very little else to do in these 21 days. <laughs> you know, we, all we have is access to social media and Netflix. Yep. So I'm hoping thank that people God will for keep the internet. Um, I know. Thank God for the internet. The, uh, uh, <laughs> it, is, it is funny, you know, as an educator, mm-hmm. if you want to deliver a message and you want to get both the cognition and the retention, having different voices providing that message different ways aids in both cognition and retention. So having Bollywood stars or kind of musicians or different Mm -hmm. types of uh, known voices, if it's a similar message, that's an effective path. Sorry, I was just going to add oh. that that there's uh, I, I don't know if you have TikTok. Um, um, I've heard back of TikTok. Home. I'm probably <laughs> okay. the least hip person on the planet, so I, I get <laughs> things pretty late. But I'm I'm starting to see it. No, but you know, I mean, platforms like that, while while they do have their insidious and dark sides, um, have been a great way. So you have all of these young techies who who have access to this information, but they also have a very, I mean, we're all from small towns at the end of the day, you know, very, <laughs> very, very small. There's very little in India in the terms of big towns. So we have those small town sensibilities, all of us, somewhere in us. I'm loving that educated people are making these, these TikTok videos, disseminating this sort of information, but in a language that, that, that people can understand, you know, I mean, the, the, I can't even count the number of dialects we have in India, but to be able to tell it like a story, to be able to tell it like a joke, to be able to tell it like yep. satire, it sends powerful messages and, and it just uh, resonates with what, what you just said as well. Maybe there'll be, you remember a couple of years ago, there was this water bucket challenge thing that <laughs> went on. Oh maybe yeah. The ice bucket challenge for yeah. ALS. Yeah. None yeah. of us had heard of ALS before that, right? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe there could be a TikTok challenge where 
to do the challenge, you do the TikTok and you say the message, something like, I believe in science and I believe that uh, the path we're on will win the day. And so, but the same, the same message repeated lots of ways and lots of voices gets us somewhere. Yeah. Well, yeah. Before we move on to the super fun part of our uh, talk, any <laughs> kind of observations that you've, um, that have come your way or you thought you'd really like to share with our listeners or? Uh, um, I, I will say this. Um, I've been studying philosophy for a long time. Mm. And, um, and, and one of the, one of, one of, I think, the most powerful messages for a time like this. So um, is, is, is the ability for us to create a sense of universal oneness. This is our opportunity. Um, in fact, even the namaste that I did to you earlier, mm. uh, it is more than just a greeting. It, it, literally, it literally means, so it's five fingers and five fingers, two, two palms coming and two palms coming together, right? So it's your five senses and my five senses, we transcend these. That means we transcend all the identifications of ours, that you're a man, I'm a woman, you're American, I'm Indian. We transcend all of these identifications and the divinity in me recognizes the divinity in you and bows to the divinity in you. And if we could just see that, and that, that the, the, the root of that philosophy is that we are all one, every everything in this cosmos universe is one there is there is no separation amongst us and if we're able to see that and we unite together can you imagine what a force what a powerful powerful force we would be of humankind of of mankind of of living kind i love that and the that is just great the thing i thought of when you said that um so beautiful um this is a time where we're either going to turn to each other mm-hmm. or we're going to turn on each other. And I'm out to promote turning to each other. And I just love the picture you painted earlier of the courtyard with all the kitchens at the, the door or the opening on the courtyard. And I, I think everyone probably has an image of someone they love cooking something they adore Mm-hmm. And that happening and the all the senses, the smells, the sounds, the tastes uh, coming together and being beautiful. I, I that is whew, that was a great, <laughs> great image. Thank you so much. So now we go to our quick strike session. So what go for bo- it. What book are you reading? Um, what book am I reading? So at any given point, I, I read, I'm reading like three books at a time. Top of mind. Okay. Top of mind, uh, Haruki Murakami, Men Without Women. I'm completely in love with him. Nice. Because here at the Resilience Initiative, we promote reading. Um, just to be clear. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I can, nothing, nothing provides like a greater solace, escape, uh, again, bonding, but also understanding. Right. I mean, yeah. I am, I am those men when, when I'm reading Haruki Murakami's books, you know, so I'll, it takes we'll, me into that world in Japan. So. I'll, I'll put that book in the notes. Um, so what music do you listen to that kind of gets you going? Um, oh gosh. Okay. Don't judge me, but I'm an eighties glam rock kind of gal. <laughs> You're in good company. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, uh, men with, 
big blonde hair and tights. So that really, that really gets me grooving. Fantastic. <laughs> the eighties. The eighties. Yes. Uh, and what is the best advice that you've ever received? This is not your circus, not your monkeys. Um, I think we tend to get so involved in everything around us. We want to espouse every cause. We get overwhelmed and caught up and embroiled in everything around us. Not your circus, not your monkeys. Brilliant. <laughs> well, Sonia, thank you so much for your time today. My day's just starting and your day is concluding. So here we are together binding the world with our... Uh, with our deep affection and care. Good for us. And our so, love for each other, Watson. We've yes. been, we've been uh, uh, e-friends for several years now, and it's, it's, it's look, look, look what this has done. It's connected us even closer. Well, so thank you for We that. belong to a community, and it's virtual, which right now is really powerful. So That is thank, correct. Thank you so much. Keep doing the great things that you're doing, and thank you for sharing so brilliantly and freely with our listeners. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you for having me and stay safe. Fantastic. That was just fantastic. Thank you so much, Sonia. I really enjoyed our time and I hope you, the listener, did as well. Key takeaway, community is not tied to economics. And at the Resilience Initiative, our workbook about 531 Resilience takes a good look at that, about community and its value. Uh, second, this crisis is an opportunity to transcend ourselves, to turn to each other week after week and bring out the best in those around us. I was also struck by her description of the roles masks play in India, and I wonder what will happen in terms of masks for us in the U.S., Thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to hearing from Japan in our next episode as we learn more about what's been successful there and how they're dealing with the crisis and building their resilience. Thanks for listening to Hashtag Resilience with Watson Jordan. Please reach out to me and let me know what you think. If you like our show, please subscribe, leave a rating, write a review. The episode notes include germane information about the show. Take a look. We're available for speaking and facilitating in addition to our researching, interviewing, and writing. Learn more about our work on resilience at hashtagresilience.com. Spread the word.